Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The palm tree reminds me of shade when it's really hot. That's what I saw. I saw the palm tree being a place of refuge and a, a shadow being casted to protect you in the middle uh, in the middle of the hot sun in the middle of the burning in the middle of the exhaustion you ever been outside and it's really hot and you just wish you could find a little bit of shade and if you get a little bit of shade after a while you feel much better and i felt like that's what god was showing me and in that shade god was saying here take up the fruit of love and eat of the fruit of love and be nourished just in love. I'm gonna draw it, because it was really beautiful. And then I was crying because I was like, God, something wrong with me? That I keep seeing beauty like this? Like, God's like, no. Sometimes I'm like, God, am I gonna die? Like, am I dying? Is this what people are experiencing when they're gonna die? Because I keep, I'm telling you, I, I, I saw this open here, like, just open up in this beautiful land. And I, what's wrong? And God's like, nothing's wrong. We've gotten so used to wrong that when we begin to experience right, we think something's wrong. We have gotten so used to abuse. We've gotten so used to religion. We got you so used to being mistreated that when love comes, we're afraid of love. When kindness comes, no. They're gonna fail on me. They're gonna, this is this is just a bait. They're gonna betray me. They're gonna hurt me. God's gonna give up on me. No. Get that out of your head. That is not God. God is faithful. I mean, he has me speaking this. I'm speaking it. This is somebody because I'm not just speaking words to so speak words. That is not who he is. Maybe your father left you. Maybe your own mother abused you. Maybe your pastor, the one you confided on, told everybody all your secrets and turned his back on you. Maybe the husband you married was unfaithful. Maybe your wife packed up and left you. And I know, yeah, they told you they loved you. But God. He's good. But God, he's faithful. So stop identifying God to them. Stop seeing God through them. And start seeing them through God. The healer, the restorer. And I'm speaking of my own self because then I see beauty and I was like, oh, I'm going to die. Friday night, guys. Friday night, God moved in a mighty way. None of our locals were there. A few popped up, but our, our normal, our normal Friday night people, normal ones that have been constantly, there's been like, there was one or two people that just recently started coming, but our constant people, none, not one was here. And what we've been praying for and asking for happened Friday. God gave us family, not familiarity. 
Stop getting so familiar that you think you know what's going to happen Friday. You don't know what's going to happen Friday. Stop thinking that you know what God's going to do Sunday. You don't know what God's going to do Sunday. If your relationship with God is getting to a place that you're so comfortable that you think you know, I'm going to say stop it, repent, and know you don't know everything. Don't get so comfortable with God that you're just like, eh, it's going to be the same old thing. It's never going to be the same old thing. Never. Because God is never, let me tell you, I don't know what religion taught you, but God, I'm, God is not religion. Religion enslaves you to a system. It's the same thing every day. It's the same thing every day. And then the one day you didn't think that was the day. That God did something so wild. The moment you didn't think, that was the moment. That's the problem with religion. Oh God, we're going to be here from 10.15 to 12. You got to move from 10.15 to 12. Who said? I'm telling you, the, the systems of men are going to fall. Every system we were taught are going to fall in the name of Jesus. Everything contrary, everything trying to lift itself above the knowledge of God will fall and it will be humble. God destroys boxes because boxes cannot contain God. Not even the universe contains God. God is containing the universe. You think we're worshiping outside of God? No. Every single one of us is in God right now. We just don't even understand what that looks like from this realm. We think we're big. We're so tiny. If you went into spirit realm and looked at earth, you're going to be like, no way. That's earth? That little dot on your finger, God, that's earth? We think we're so big. We think we're so mighty. All the universes, all the galaxies contained in him. None of them are containing God. He's, he goes like this, oh, look, the universe. Look, the oceans. Read your Bible. The Bible's not a metaphor. The Bible is what I call spiritual literal. You want to understand the Bible? You got to be, God opened my spirit eyes to see. I need to see. Because when you see the Word of God through Spirit, then you'll understand what He's talking about. And then you'll take that from Spirit and you can walk it out on earth. Then you understand His might. Then you understand His power. Friday, Friday, in the last few weeks, we really haven't had people come and play worship. So we did what we did in the very beginning. And if we have to do that, we're going to keep doing that, guys. Because we started this with a pad, this. I'll have soaking right now. I mean, I'll put on a sound like this, and I will take right on the waves of glory, right? And we haven't had worshipers coming in and playing, which is a gift that God gave you to edify the body. It's not for you to make money. It's not for you to become famous. It's to edify the body. Because we got to do it the way it is done in heaven. Let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. And in heaven, oh, in heaven, we all share our gifts. Oh, freely give what you have freely received. We give it. We make canvases. Artists in heaven make canvases and they give them out. Worshippers just throw concerts in heaven. I'm telling you, we just sing. 
Here on earth, we come into earth, we're like, oh, it's about this. No, it's not. We got to go back to the source. When we give what God has given us, God will multiply you beyond what you think or you can imagine. Because it wasn't for that. God didn't give you talent so you could have money. No. God gave you talent to worship. God gave you talents and gifts to encourage your brothers and sisters. And out of that, kingdom empires are, are birthed. And we see the glory of God, the majesty of God. And we, we haven't had um, worshipers coming in and using their gifts. Out of nowhere, right? Friday, God brought this lady. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then this brother that just came, he's like, I have a guitar in my car. I was like, bring it. Then this other brother, Harry, that comes to TRP in Tampa campus, never knew this guy plays drums. He gets on the drums. The guy gets in the guitar, which, oh my God, it was like electric rock guitar. He was releasing vibrations here. Then this lady singing, I don't even know their names. And she's singing like an angel and instantly was like, oh, I have it recorded. I could, I could airdrop it to you if you want to hear it. And it sounds like a band that played together for years. And I'm like, they don't even know each other. And we didn't leave till like after midnight. And the glory of God like opened up. I literally sat here, Brandy Neilman came and she was over there and I was like, I need you to grab this mic because I think this is it. Like I literally felt the beauty I saw in here, this all opened up and I was just like, okay guys, this is too much. I, I think this is gonna be it. This is how I go right here now. It was so intense that I went to her and I was shaking and I was like, take the mic. It's too much anointing. I need to leave. And I went over there. I had to go over there and breathe. And when I walked through the, the curtain right there, it felt like a veil. I was like, whoo, I'm back on earth. And then I was looking at them in here. She was just flowing around the room in this prophetic anointing, so beautiful. And I'm like, I know they go back in there. It's amazing. And then I took a breath and I came in. And then she's like, come forth, Abraham. I'm like, and God's like possessing her. And she's like prophesying over me, every, all these things. And I'm like, more, I can't. And it was so intense. Everybody was flowing in this heavenly realm. And I'm like, yes, God, this is it. This is what we're asking for. This is what we're asking for. But we can become familiar. When you look up the meaning of the word familiar in the dictionary, if you look at it, it also speaks about a spirit. It's a, a familiar is a spirit. Google it and look at the meanings. And one of the meanings is, yeah, to, it says to be very common, to be very comfortable with people, to, to think like you know, you're very familiar with people. But then one of them says, it's like a spirit, like a familiar, it's a little creature. So be careful what you're opening yourself up to. Oh, it's just Abraham. No, it's not just Frankie. It's not just Katie. It's not just Ilian. These are men and women of God that God is raising up for such a time as this. And we cannot get so comfortable that we begin to lose respect for one another. We cannot become so comfortable that we allow sin to come into the house of God. Like gossip, like slander, like accusation. That is not the core values of this church and it will not be accepted. It will not be accepted. In this house, we honor everyone. We empower everyone. Listen, not enable. We're not going to enable bad habits. In love, we'll bring correction. In love, 
last week I had to speak about sin. And I was like, when you speak about sin, it's always shameful. People walk out and never want to come back. And I was like, God. And God said, use your testimony. Tell them how I've done it with you. Tell them how I've dealt with your junk. Tell them how I healed your brokenness. Tell them how I've healed your shame. And I start ministering from that place against sin. Sin is not an action. In the natural realm, we just look as an action. Oh, I just got one weakness. Oh, I just have one sin. Lies. Those are lies that Christians have been taught. Because if you stop here, you start in another place. And those that are not lustful, they're gluttonous. And those that are not gluttonous are angry. And those that are not angry are bitter. We're quiet about it. And God's like, no, deal with the person of sin that is lying to you, that is trying to enslave you. The voice of sin tells you, oh, you should do this, you should do that. He'll just do it. You're free to do whatever you want. You're not free to do whatever you want. That's in the earthly realm. In the spirit godly realm, not the spirit demonic realm, in the spirit godly realm, you are free to do everything that's good. Everything that brings virtue. Everything that brings healing. Everything that brings hope and salvation and goodness and kindness and gentleness. Oh, do it all. But know which freedom you're talking about because the earthly freedom is a freedom that leads you to enslavement. Whether you believe it or not. The week before I was preaching, I don't know where, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was speaking about the voice of God. And what came out of my voice, my mouth was, if you're doing something and you can't sleep at night and you're tossing and turning and you're afraid to die and all of a sudden you're doubting your salvation and you're doubting God's love out of nowhere, don't do it. If it brings one inch of confusion into your life, don't do it. Don't touch it. If you did it and now you're like, oh, man, did I say too much? It happens to me all the time. I tend to, I'm very transparent. I share stuff. And then I'm like, as a pastor, you can't share stuff. Right? And then you're like, did I, did I, did I, did I share too much? Did I say too much? Did I did too much? Then don't do it. Did I, did I hurt that person? And then you're like, oh, don't do it. It's not shame. It's conviction. It's God saying, hey, hey. Because it gives access to the enemy to torment you. You could, we'll love you. But you know what? I'm not going to change with you. Change with you. Because at the end of the night, if you sin, I'm still sleeping like a baby. I'm still worshiping. When we mess up, it's, if I mess up and I sin, it's not affecting them. They don't even know what I went through. But I'm in my room. And I'm tossing and turning. And I'm like, oh, God. Mm, mm. I mean, anybody ever went through that? Or am I just lying right now? Hey, I've been there. I'm going to share my story. I can't give you a story, but I'm going to give my story. So we know. I'm like, hey, right? If she messed up, you don't feel it. I mean, God might, might make us intercede for one another. Like, something's wrong for so-and-so. Let me call them. I call people. Hey, are you okay? They're like, oh, my God. You don't even know. I'm like, hey, God just woke me up. And God lets us feel each other's burdens. But at the end of the day, the demons are bothering you. The fear, the insecurity, doubt, confusion. We just think those are emotions. No, these are spiritual beings that are coming against you, speaking against you, attacking you, hurting you, wounding you. And then all of a sudden, 
the first thing is going to say, you messed up. You've messed up so much. You think? Do you think God's going to forgive you now for what you did? Is that not hindering your relationship with God? Is that not the little sly foxes that the book of Solomon is speaking about when he says, oh, and handle those little sly foxes that are trying to ruin our vineyard of love? And then he says, come, we'll do it together. The Lord is not going to let you just confront the enemy by yourself. He already won the battle. He already won the war. It's just, you know these, these movies where the enemy is defeated but he still keeps coming back? He just keeps coming back. He's a thief. He came to steal your peace. He came to steal your joy. He came to steal your happiness. So he's mad you're in marvelous light. He's mad. He's mad. He's mad because he can't get forgiveness. The fallen angels don't get forgiveness. But God made humans to experience forgiveness. So they're mad. So we're over here experiencing peace 20, 30 years later. And the enemy, doesn't he still come by once in a while? Is this random? You could be, be like, glory be to God, today we have revival. And then all of a sudden it's like, you remember what you did five years ago? And it's almost like you relive it. You're like, all of a sudden, immediate, it's happened to me. Remember when you were drunk in the club and you punched that person in the face and you slept with that one and that one and that one and you did this and you did that? And all of a sudden you were joyful and you go, am I right or am I right? I know I'm right. I'm just, God wants you as warriors. You guys are the army of God. And I'm, we'll do announcements in a little while. I feel like God's just letting me in this moment of presence. It's like, go right into the word. Sometimes we're so habitual. We want to be like, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to, God's like, stop, 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 stop. Who said, who said the gathering needs to look like that? Who said you need to sing three songs? Maybe we could sing one song. Maybe we could sing 30 songs. Who said we need to do announcements after the singing? It's just ways that men have created things because it kind of worked for them in their generation, their structure. But we don't know. I think God's like learning. God's like, listen to my voice. Don't listen to the voice of tradition. Don't listen to the voice of culture and religion. Listen to my voice. Stop a moment. There's something I'm trying to tell my people now. The enemy is trying to wound our hearts. The enemy is trying to discourage us from going deeper into the revelation of God because if you go deeper into the revelation of God, you're not only going to find out who God is. If you find out who God is, you're about to find out who you are. You're about to step into some territories that you thought were territories that enslaved you and God's telling you, I'm giving you those territories. I'm giving you those people. You used to be in Ibor City drinking, smoking, sleeping around and God's telling you today, I want to give you Ebor City. I want my glory to fill Ebor City. This is what God wants. God wants, it's just like the story of Moses, a child of God raised in Egypt. Learn the ways of Egypt. Learn the systems of Egypt. And but it wasn't that he was supposed to be an Egyptian. Inside he was always an Israelite. And even though you found yourself in Egypt, even though you thought you didn't know God, God says, inside you've always been an Israelite. Because Israelites are people of faith. And when you heard his voice, maybe your friends didn't answer. Maybe your family didn't answer. But the day he called your name, Something, 
something has happened. And that's why you're walking and they don't get you. You've changed. Oh, no, I haven't. I'm being transformed. You're not being changed. That's a lie. See, when you take a dollar and you break it down, you get changed. You were changed. You were broken coins. And now God is transforming you to wholeness. God doesn't take something whole to break it down into something lesser. That's the word change means to me. Breaking something whole to make it lesser. No, God's taking the change. God's taking all these broken pieces and he's putting them together. He's transforming them. You are being transformed. And you're about to find out. You weren't just a penny and some change. You're about to find out the dollar bill. The hundred dollar bill that you are. Your wholeness. God is perfecting his will in you. And the enemy's like, mm -mm, you're just changed. You're just this. And God's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You are wholeness. So God is giving you, I'm telling you, if you were molested, God is trying to heal some molested people. If you were abandoned, if you were divorced, if you were in some side of addiction, God is trying to give you those people. Those are your people. When God brought me his way, oh man, I wanted to be away. When I started going to church, I didn't want to be identified as gay. I didn't want to be around gay people. I wanted to stay away from the gay people. And then gay people show up at church, they'll be like, sitting next to me, and I'm like, why? And everywhere I went, he was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, mm. that was in my inside. I'm being transparent with you guys. And I used to just go to God, change me, change me. I don't want to be identified as this. I don't want to be looked upon as this. I just want to change. Give me a wife, give me kids. And God's like, no. What? What do you mean God told you? God said, no. God, change me. Fasting, praying. God, change me. I want a family just like all my friends. God said, no. I'm telling you, fasting and praying in secret. Go to church. A prophet came from another country. He's like, you, thus says the Lord. Ask me whatever you want, and whatever you ask me, I shall give to you. But the one thing, there's only one thing you're asking me for. There's only one thing you're fasting for. There's only one thing you're seeking my face for. That one thing I will not give to you. What? Because I was ashamed of my story. I wanted to be like every other preacher that got saved, and now they wear a nice suit. Now their life, their family looks put together. They're faking it till they make it. They're so ashamed of their real story that all they do is preach Bible but never share their testimony. They know all the theology of the world, but not one member in their church knows what God did for them. And I will go back to God. Jamie, God said, no. Years later, God came to me. He took me to his garden and he delivered me. And what I thought was my sin, oh, you always spoke to me about homosexuality. He goes, that was a branch that I could easily clip off. The sin in your life is the hate you've been carrying all along. He's like, I've, you've been focused on the branch, but I've been working in the root. He looked at me and he said, you've hated your father for beating you. You've hated your mother for abandoning you. You hated your babysitter for molesting you. You hated the bullies in schools because they bullied you and beat you up. You've hated those pastors that shamed you from the altar. So the one thing I thought was a sin was just a branch he could clip off like that. But there was something deeper in the roots of my tree. And let me tell you, when he said it, I fell out. I went, Doop. 
It wasn't through a prophet. I saw Jesus himself come into my room and knock me out. He spoke it, and I fell out. And when he picked, he roared. He said, homosexuality is not your sin. Your sin is your hate. What you've been thinking is your sin. God's working in something deeper. That's why he never spoke to you about it. Because he's been doing a work that's so much deeper than what you thought. You see, because you only think it's what you see. But God said it's deeper within. I'm working something deeper in you. And that very branch, God took that branch. You know what God did with that branch? Homosexuality. No, he didn't burn it. He made it into a sword. He made it into a sword so I can set captives free. See, because you're not going to set nobody free if you're ashamed of your story. You could dress the part. You could finance the part. You could sing the part. But you can't be the part if you're walking in shame. God's setting these people free. God's setting the church free of shame. Because this world out there needs to hear real stories, not fake stories. Oh, let's talk about David. No, let's talk about you. You can't give God glory for David. You can't give God glory for Abraham. You can't give God glory for Moses. I remember when I was on the altar in 2004, I had a secret. I thought I had HIV. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to end my life and the devil will constantly tell me, get out of church, you're going to die on them. You have a secret from the world. I'm like, I didn't want to share my testimony because I was ashamed of my testimony. October 2004, I was on the altar giving God glory and I heard, I heard the voice of God. Nobody in the room heard the voice of God. You see, because when you hear the voice of God, doesn't mean God could talk to you right now and nobody, none of us hear it. And you're just like, guys, uh, heaven just opened right in front of me. And we're like, uh, but he see it. Because it's not about a multitude seeing it. Moses saw the glory of God. Moses was trying to lead the Israelites up the mountain. Like, guys, come up the mountain. Because God wanted to reveal his glory to all the whole nation of the Israelites. But no, we're afraid. We'll stay down here. Why are you afraid of God? Don't be afraid of God. He wants to heal you. So they stayed down there. You either go up the mountain and see the glory of God, or you're going to stay in the valley building idols. I'm telling you, you want to continue with your religion? You want to continue with your shame? Those are the idols. Those are the idols we've created. And God's calling the church to arise. I am telling you, I wasn't even going to, I'm just going. I'm just walking. I'm like, this wasn't even in my thought. God was, I thought I was going to speak. I do have a video I'm going to show you guys about sin, but I see God taking me this way. I'm walking. Those are idols. If you can't come to the house of God and worship freely, it's because that shame is holding you down. It's still accusing you, and it's so good when you confront it. It's so good. I'm telling you guys, I would encourage you in it. You're like, what? Wait, the very thing created to destroy me? God has turned it around to bless me. It's the very thing created to destroy every single one of you. Different weapons were created to destroy every single one of us. And it's the very thing you have authority for. That's why God's leading you into prophecy because they told you to be quiet. 
They told you to shut up. They told you not to speak those words. And God says, I put authority in that mouth and you will speak. Watch your life years from now. You're going to look back even at this moment because that's what you are. I'm telling you that when we confront the shame, you are set free. And on that altar that day, October 2004, I heard the voice of God. And he said, and I was literally on the altar saying, God, I give you glory. God, I give you glory. And God said, if you want to give me glory, give your story. I mean, that was like, in the physical realm, that's what it felt like. In the spirit realm, it was this. Literally. God doesn't walk you walking in shame. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our, my, your testimony. I can't give you a testimony. I could say it. It sounds a little bit powerful. But nobody's going to ever give your story like you give your story. Hey, I could sing your song. But nobody's going to sing your song like you sing your song. They might put nicer tunes to it. They might put a nice beat to it. But the heart, nobody will ever sing that song like you because that's your song. I will paint a painting like that one. And everybody will look at that painting and make up their own interpretation about it. But you know which one's the right interpretation? My interpretation, because I was the one that made it. That's my gift offering to God. You want to interpret paintings? Go paint some paintings. You want to sing songs? Go make your songs. You want to testify a testimony? Don't give my testimony. Give your testimony. Tell the world how Jesus met you. That's the problem with religion. Religion keeps speaking about somebody else's testimony. Because it's better to talk about somebody else's testimony as long as I don't got to give my testimony. I know, I've been there. But God, I'm telling you, revival is not coming. Revival is here. But you will only see revival with those that stand up in their identity. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is salvation for whosoever believes. And I believe. I believe because he did it. He did it. I, I'm talking about direct interaction here. And every single person in every church has had a direct interaction one way or another. It doesn't matter if it was a letter. It doesn't matter if it was a prophet. It doesn't matter if it was a TV show. It doesn't matter if you were walking down the street and you found a tract on the floor. It doesn't matter how you heard the word of God. The fact of the matter, there was interaction from God to you at that moment. But we've been taught, oh, it's only God if it's this way and not that way. God spoke to me one time to a prophet on TV. I went to church and God spoke to me. I walked down the street and I saw the sign. I was talking to God. God, do you love me? A sign said, I love you. I'm like, oh my God. How did that just happen? It's just us being conscious that God is really speaking. That God is calling out to us. People say, oh, today God's going to speak. I'm like, wrong. God's always been speaking. Today, we're going to listen. It's not about God speaking. We wouldn't even be here right now. None of this city would exist if God wasn't speaking. God is speaking. All these churches, who's speaking? God's speaking. Whether people, man, the, the pastor could be wrong. God's still speaking. God's still, the word of God is mixed in and coming out. Paul said it. Some preach it for God's benefit. Some preach it for their own benefit. But you know what? I still rejoice. Because at the end of the day, the gospel is being preached. The day we all going to stand before God. And then we will be revealed. But the word of God was always moving. Jumping from one mouth to another. Going, 
going, going. If it's his breath in our lungs, then the fact that I could speak is because he's speaking through spirit wind, giving me capacity to fill lungs, to release air, to make a sound so you can understand that sound. It's all God. It's all God. It's all God. It's when we remove ourselves from the shame. It's when we remove ourselves from the pain. And we see what God says. I obeyed God that day. Some of my church people are like, oh, Abraham, you're always so emotional. But you know, where are the people that used to criticize me? Where are the people that used to shame me? Where are the people that made me cry? I don't see them. God did exactly what he told me back then. He goes, one day I'm going to remove them all from your life. And you're going to lead a people you never thought of. And people that never heard your story are going to come and hear your story. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my future. I feel sometimes like I literally teleported from back then to now. And I'm like, my life changed. My life is changing. I said, remember all that shaking in 2004, 1997? You make a mistake. By 2004, you're shaking on the altar. I told you want to give me glory give your story that was the first day I gave God real glory that I'm telling you that was the day that I gave God glory for the first time when I got on the altar they were about to dismiss church and I'm like and they're like Father God thank you for allowing us to be here and I'm like wait they all looked at me I was like I can't leave church I need to testify oh Abraham always always Abraham always so emotional no emotional emotional I'm trying to survive this. I'm trying to be set free. And I just heard the voice of God. And I need to obey what God said. It might look, sometimes it's going to look ridiculous. Sometimes they're going to be dismissing the service. God has to testify now. You, and you're going to have to learn to obey the voice of God. God's going to say, pack your bag, you're moving. God's going to say, go over there and give this plate of food. Go, and when you get it, oh my God. People still think, oh, you're so prophetic. I don't even believe, oh, you're so powerful evangelism. I don't think so. You think those titles exist in eternity? That will stop one day. I hear dad's voice. It's not about the title you carry. There's more anointed people with no titles than people with titles. There's some anointed old people out there you've never met and you won't meet to heaven. And you'll see what their prayers did. The reason that these preachers are standing in these massive podiums is because a little old lady you never met was praying for them. Let's stop chasing fame and let's start going after glory. Let's start going after true deliverance. And true deliverance is when you just like, whoa. I never knew. I got, I got an awesome testimony. I love my testimony. And that day I got up and I gave my testimony and I had a cyst in my throat. Next morning, I literally spit out the cyst. I was going to get surgery and I spit it out. Because when you obey God, you step into obedience, you step into blessing, you step into it. You're stepping into the light. If God's been telling you, come fast. If God's been saying you let go, do it for you. It's for your own sake. Because depression is attacking you in the middle of the night. Yeah, you come to church. Yeah, you could lead a good song in worship. Yeah, you could give a good prophecy. But you're laying in bed crying. That is not real freedom. Real freedom is when you're free here and you're free there. It's when you're happy in the house of the Lord and you're happy. Yes, we go through trials at life. But some people are battling anxiety. And it's because things, because the enemy keeps shaming you about your story. 
your story is forgiven. And when you give your story, you accept the fact that you've been forgiven. You've let go. Nobody's going to judge you. People are going to give God thanks for your life. People one day are going to hear your story and they're going to give God thanks for you. The enemy, the enemy knows if you write that book. He knows if you write that book. The enemy knows if you go to your family. The enemy knows if you step into certain places, transformation is going to break out. None of us, let's get this straight, none of us were perfect. None of us had it right. None of us. The word says we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all fell. We all sinned. But those that call upon his name, they, we've been given the right. You've been given a right. Not a wrong. You were wrong and now he's giving you a right. Hallelujah. Think about that. He's giving you a right to be called sons and daughters of the living God. That's who you are. That's what he's called you. But the enemy's trying to come and he attacks the mind. It's just an attack to your mind. And all of a sudden, unbelief comes. And you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you're not going to make it. And I really want to share this clip. I'm, pretty much this is my preaching, by the way. Um, the, start with the first one. Can you bring, bring up the background music? I was watching this. And I mean, I don't think the whole movie's God. But these, wait, pause it. There's these clips. and But when I... Like last week, I was speaking about the armor of God, right? Well, for some of you that weren't here, you could go to the podcast. The last two weeks' podcast, the one about sin is a defeated monarch. And the week before, it was um, the voice of the beloved. Hear it. So you could see how God speaks to you. You could see how the enemy speaks to you. The enemy always comes with accusing voices. He'll seduce you. And, and then when you fall into the seduction of the enemy, then he shames you to your face. But the one that was telling you not to do it, don't do that. That's not good for you. Just listen to my voice. He stands as your defender. He says, whoever comes to me, I don't shame. I don't hurt. I don't push away. Whoever comes to me, I receive. I love. And we are like, when the Bible speaks about the armor of God, I know we don't see it. You might not see it in the natural realm like you're a warrior. You are a warrior. You'll see one day. There is a real kingdom. One day we'll leave earth and you're going to be like, Wait, what? There's a kingdom? Oh, yeah. Warriors, angels, all these creatures. Read your Bible. Read it in joy. If you start reading your Bible in joy, you're going to be like, no way. <laughs> this is beautiful. You know? But he also exposes the tactics of the enemy. The enemy's throwing fiery darts at you. Where? Where does he throw the fiery darts to your head? Because all he's after is your faith. Because if you stop believing, you're lost. But when you're believing, you're walking in light. You're walking in light. So you listen to his voice. I, oh, man, I'm going to listen. He, the Lord says, my word is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. Follow. Follow the path. Follow. It's shaky. It's scary. But if you stay on the path, you won't get lost. Don't listen, don't listen to Siri or none of those GPS systems. Sometimes they get you lost. Jesus will not get you lost. You know, follow the voice of Jesus. But this scene is like the battle, right? I just want to show it real quick. Frankie, can you get the lights, please? And I recorded this from my TV on my phone, but that's like the army of God over there.
really want you to focus Come on. on. Just think about it for a minute. The universe is vast. There are so many ways to be much more powerful than this. But your Elohim taught you the principle of equality, right? Which only made you settle for weakness. No. Also, to all you reptilians, after your fellow reptilians die and move on from this world, they go to the dark world and get locked up there. Let's see what he does. The mind. All they did was try to enjoy their lives to the fullest. Isn't that cruel? Is living life for your own personal fulfillment really deserving of such severe punishment? Elohim isn't on your side. He won't accept you for who you are. In see truth, how he takes his family away in your mind? You. <laughs> if he didn't, why would he treat you all so badly like that? Now they're fighting against each other. Fight! Don't listen to what he says. Lord Elohim would never abandon a soul. Stop now! And when you feel like the enemy surrounding you, 
Even if you're fighting alone, keep fighting. Because the darkness flees from the light. Do you truly believe in the Lord? Yes, I wholeheartedly believe in him. Oh Lord, please show your mercy and your love and heal this wounded body.
It's a miracle. So, you know, not saying all that movie's God or whatever, but it really paints spiritual pictures of even things that I've seen in the spiritual realm. And one of my favorite parts is the fact that when the guy that was in that bed laid, right, hurt and wounded because it's the effects of sin, um, Jesus heals them. But did you notice that his healing produced healing on the rest of the army? You know, and your healing is producing healing on the rest of God's army. The enemy wants you to hide the healing. The enemy doesn't want you to share your story. But when you open your mouth and you share what God's done in your life, others are being healed. More of the army of God is starting to be raised up. And then we go. We're dressed in armor. And then we go into the enemy's camp. We have to go back to those places where we found ourselves in bondage and sin. Not to celebrate sin. Not to celebrate bondage. Not to celebrate addiction. Because we know it didn't produce no life in us. Because if it would have produced life in us, then I would be there. I wouldn't be here. But what we do is we're raising God's army to go out. We could set people free from bullying. We could get people set free from pornography, from addictions, from unfaithfulness, from hate, from bitterness, from abandonment, from rejection. All those different things are like spirits or beings in the enemy's army and they're all attacking them differently. But as you can see, even there, and this is, I always wonder what a Jesus anime will look like. And then I'm like, I found one, you know, and, and it, it, I love that Jesus, and even in the cartoon, Jesus goes to Lord Elohim, which is like God, and he's like, I'm going to go to the world, and I will lay down my life for them. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But it's just a picture. And I love how they call him in the cartoon, they call him Master Amor, which in Spanish is like teacher love, you know. And, and that's what he's doing. He's our master of love. He's the one leading us in love to, to set us free. So we, I never want to use like preaching about sin the way that it was done to me. Because when, 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 when in, back in the days when, when sin was exposed, people would be called out from the seat on a Sunday. And they would be told to leave the church. You're a sinner, get out. You're a sinner, you're in disciplina, discipline. Nobody in the church can talk to you that I never, ever, ever want to be in that place. But it doesn't mean that we're also silent about sin. We have to speak about it because it's hurting our people. Because he gets into our minds and then all of a sudden, you're still surrounded. You saw the people, they were surrounded, but in their mind, he attacked you so much that you withdraw from family, you withdraw from friends, you withdraw from church. Sin is so wicked and it, it get in people's hearts that they'll start accusing one another. They'll start attacking and all of a sudden the same people that were ready, worshiping God together, experiencing Jesus together, speaking in tongues together, all of a sudden the enemy comes and attacks our minds and puts us to fight against one another. The devil don't need to fight when he's, he gets us to fight against one another. When he gets us to kill one another, he's not doing anything but just messing with our minds. Oh, you know. Oh, they don't really like you there. Well, they don't really like how you worship. Oh, yeah, the worship wasn't really that good. People, even now, he's like, well, people are not really getting your preaching. Shut up. They're going to get it. I'm just going to speak it. I'm not preaching for you to get it. I'm preaching because God commanded me to speak. You know, when we do and we put God first, I'm not singing so people like it. I'm worshiping the King of glory. And those that are connected, they're going to jump right in the way with you. And those that don't get it, hey, snap out of it. Let the angels cut the threads that are captivating your mind. 
but it's not for shame. It's for glory. It's to see every single one of you walking in the fullness of God. Trust me, I should be the last preacher preaching about sin. I mean, I remember my broken life. I'm never even going to go to church. And now God's like, talk about it. But talk about it the way I did it with you. And because when he came to me with love, that there's only one way I could go. I could only go in love. I could go only in mercy. I'm not agreeing that you stay down. I'm helping pick you up. I'm not in agreement with homelessness. And that's why I talk to the homeless. I'm not in agreement with hunger. That's why I prepare food and I take it to the hungry. I'm not in agreement with addictions. And that's why I go to Ybor City and preach. I don't preach at people. I don't. I love people because love is the net that is catching them. And then we push the enemy away and bring the person to the Lord. Those evil spirits, they don't get forgiveness. So they're trying to take as many with the kingdom of God. They want to take us down. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a people acquired by God. Chosen to announce the virtues of the one that has brought you from darkness into marvelous light. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.